Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. If you today are saved by the grace of God, you are secure. Not only for all of this life, whatever may happen to you, but also for the life to come. This is the security of the promises of grace. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. These days, not much in life seems certain. It's difficult to know who to trust, and even our closest friends and family can let us down. But there's one thing we can know for sure, the security of our salvation in Jesus Christ. Today on The Verdict, we're coming to realize just how secure the grace of God really is. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's lesson, The Security of Grace. Our world is riddled with chaos and uncertainty. We live in very tumultuous times. Many people are personally very insecure. Today we continue to think of the security of grace in our series on why grace is so amazing. God not only wants to save you, He wants you to have the assurance of salvation. On the other hand, it is possible to have a false sense of security when we trust in an experience or a verbal profession rather than truly possessing Christ. Last time we saw that salvation is trusting Christ and that an understanding of the grace of God brings tremendous security. We don't depend on what we do, rather on what Christ has done for us. Today we continue to think of the security of grace. Eternal security applies not to those who profess salvation, but to those who possess salvation and there is a world of a difference. There is a faith, the Bible says, which is not a true saving faith. Turn in your Bibles to the first gospel, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone, says Jesus, who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Profession, but no possession. Says Paul in Romans 10 verse 9, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, that God has raised them from the dead, you will be saved. You see, outward confession and heart belief go together. So a person may say a prayer. A person may have an emotional experience, but never have truly trusted in Jesus Christ. Saying that you're a Christian, professing that you're a Christian, does not make you a Christian. The outward profession is important, but it is insufficient. It is the belief of the heart, true saving faith, where we embrace Christ and place our faith, our personal faith in the person and work of our Savior. So I ask you, have you truly trusted in Christ as your personal Savior? Now, as we think of this question of security, I'm saying this first, that there is the security of salvation by grace. What is it based on? It is based on Christ's work, Paul says, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
It results in a declaration of righteousness by God's grace. Paul says, being justified, we thought of that two weeks ago, by His grace. It is eternal in its scope, the salvation heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. The Christian life is not a matter of being saved by God's grace and then continuing to be saved by our works. Salvation is all of grace. If you don't have an understanding that salvation is by grace alone, you will continue to think that you must do your part to get you into heaven. The security of salvation by grace. Secondly, the security of the promises of grace. Turn to John's gospel now, John chapter 10, for a wonderful few verses. John chapter 10, words of our Lord on this important subject. The security of the promises of grace. The promises given by Christ, as we will read, are that those who are saved will never, never perish. You say, well, but what if we deny the faith? What if we are lacking in faith? Paul says, 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains, what? Faithful. For he, God, cannot deny himself. God, to say the obvious, never, ever, ever goes back on his promise. Of course, we are often faithless. We stumble, we fall into sin, we mess up, but our great God cannot deny himself. And here is one of the wonderful promises of grace. John 10, verse 27 says, Jesus, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Notice what he says. Number one, Christ gives us eternal life. This is the greatest joy imaginable. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about the economic situation. But this I do know, that my faith, is in my Lord Jesus Christ, and I have received now eternal life. He gives us eternal life. Secondly, says Jesus, they will never perish. Verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. The security of grace is as secure as the good shepherd himself. Here's his promise. They shall never perish. Now, if I say something to you, I will never do that, you may wonder, will he be able to keep his promise? Is he trustworthy? Can I really believe it? Here is God himself, who cannot deny himself, saying that if you trust me and receive me as your Savior, you will never perish, you will never be lost. The good shepherd secures the sheep. We will never perish. This is an unconditional promise for all those who love the Good Shepherd. 
Thirdly, says Jesus, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We are secure not because of our strong faith, not because we're members of church. We are secure. Why? Because we're in the hand of the Good Shepherd. If I can speak very personally, if my salvation depended on myself, I would have lost it a long time ago. If my salvation depended on me holding on to Christ, my grip would have slipped. But it is Christ holding me. I am in His hand. But someone says, although you're in Christ's hand, you can turn away from it. You could pull it away. Really? Here's a father crossing a busy street. And in his right hand is the hand of his little two-year-old. That little two-year-old doesn't have much strength. But the father is holding the two-year-old. The street may be dangerous. And the little boy, not realizing the danger, may try to pull his hand away from his father. What kind of father is going to let the little boy go? Of course not. The father is a good father. The father is a stronger father, far stronger than the two-year-old. However much he may tug, he holds that hand firm, particularly in the midst of danger. And praise God, so does our Savior. As we are battered by this world, as we're tempted, as Satan comes and harasses us, Jesus said, no one can snatch them out of my hand. He will never leave us. He will never forsake you. He loves you, cares for you. You are in his hand, and no one or nothing can snatch you out of his hand. But forth says Jesus, verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. As we learned last week, we're chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's the security of grace, all in the Father's hand. Furthermore, says Jesus, verse 29, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Not only am I in the hands of the Good Shepherd, I'm in the Father's hand. That's a double security. And no one is greater than the Father. He is all-powerful. And says Jesus, I and the Father are one. One in essence, yes, but also one in making sure that no promise that we give will ever, ever be broken. This is the greatest power in the universe. This is the security of the promises of grace. The security of salvation by grace. Next, the security of the promises of grace. Finally, the security of the plan of grace. Turn to Romans, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans 8 verse 28. Now if you haven't opened your Bible so far, open it here. Romans 8 verse 28. The security of the plan of grace. We're saying that those who are saved by God's grace are eternally secure because of salvation of grace, because of the promises of grace, but also because of the plan of grace. Romans 8, 28 says Paul, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose, 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Notice verse 28. God works all things for the good of believers. We have this assurance. Here is implicit trust in God. We know, says Paul, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. This promise is for believers, for those who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose, as we thought of last week. What is the context of these words? The context is suffering from verses 17 forward. In the middle of suffering, in the middle of difficulties, in the middle of persecutions and disappointments of life and the tragedies of life, we know, says Paul, that for those who love God, God is working all things for our good. Paul here is emphasizing not so much the process, but the product. The process is often painful. The process is sometimes unfair, difficult, and hard. All things are not good in and of themselves, but Paul is thinking of the product which God in his marvelous way is producing in your life and mine. Think of a coach training an athlete. The training is often hard, painful, exhausting. The athlete may think, will it ever end? I remember when our son Christopher was about 17 and playing football. You know, the football where you put on helmets and pads, that kind of football. He came home. It was during the summer in the heat of Michigan. And they'd been three or four hours out on the, the field and he came back home and he was whining about the coaches shouting and how tough it was. I thought, you know, how tough can it be? I mean, come on, you've got these pads on. I mean, what's this whining for? And I said to him, what's the whining? How difficult can this be? And he said, do you want to try it, Dad? It's called the male ego. And instead of saying, well, you go ahead, son. I said, of course, I can handle it. You can handle it. He said, just for 15 minutes, come outside to the front yard. Oh, okay. What's the big deal? He says, I'm going to put you through a few of the maneuvers that our coach put us through. But I won't shout at you as much as he does. Oh, thank you, son. After seven and a half minutes, I was thinking I was going to die. And I said to Christopher, why? Why would you put yourself through this torture? I was glad I played soccer. Ah, it's for the team. It's for the game. It's for the championship. Does the athlete enjoy that? Of course not. But the coach emphasizes the product. Think of a woman baking. She's got all of these ingredients. She's going to make a cake. She's got all of the ingredients in front of her. A lot of them in and of themselves are not very tasty. She puts them in the dish. She stirs them up. If you're like me, you want to put in your finger and try it when it's not even cooked. Doesn't taste very good, does it? But from all of these different ingredients, not necessarily tasty in and of themselves, but there comes a beautiful, delicious pie or cake, the product. And this is what Paul is saying. Keep your eye, brother or sister, on the product. 
Yes, when you mess up, God may discipline you. The enjoyment of fellowship, the effectiveness of your service may be lost for some time, but that relationship will never, ever be severed. Parents, when your five-year-old acts up and you discipline him or her, you may put them to their own room. They may be deprived for a short time of the fellowship of the family. They may not sit at the supper table, but one thing you never do is throw them out of the house. The relationship is unconditional on their performance. And Paul says that God here is accomplishing his goal. What's the goal? Conformity to Christ's image. And nothing or no one can prevent this goal being attained. Nothing can stand in the way of God's gracious, eternal purposes for you, child of God. Not one, not one of Christ's sheep will not make it to the goal. God's purposes for his people are from eternity. I'm chosen to him before the foundation of the world. To eternity, the result is guaranteed. Don't lose the context of verse 28. The context is Paul is writing to comfort those suffering. Some of you are suffering. You're in insecure times. You're beginning to fret and to even panic. Don't despair. Don't give up. God's purpose for your life, my dear brother or sister, will be accomplished. You will be like God's son. I am going to be like God's son. Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. How can we be sure that all things are working together for good because of the security of the golden chain of grace? No one is lost between the links of verses 29 and 30. Yes, we sometimes fall into sin. Yes, we struggle. Yes, our faith sometimes wavers. Yes, we fall away sometimes. Yes, we disappoint ourselves and others. All of that is true, but God is always at work in our lives. Look at the whom of verses 29 and 30 as I read it. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. For those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Who are the ones who are justified? Who are they in the context? Those whom he foreknew. Those whom he predestined. Those whom he called. Those whom he justified. And many of us here, we rejoice that in the grace of God, we are justified. If you are justified, God guarantees that you will be glorified. Our justification is final, completed by Jesus Christ. God's demands of righteousness are fully met in His Son. In justification, we're made righteous. In adoption, we are made His sons. And Paul is saying so brilliantly in this passage that this justification is invincible because of the power of Almighty God. Verse 33, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Answer, no one. It is God who justifies. Verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? The question is rhetorical. If you've got God on your side, if God is at work in your life, you will win. You will win. 
we, brothers and sisters, are on the winning side. The process may be difficult. The New Testament doesn't guarantee that you're going to have a problem-free life if you trust Jesus Christ. But this is guaranteed. You will make it home. The grace which saves us is the grace that keeps us, and it is also the grace which leads us safely, safely home. Someone has said that what is foreknown in heaven cannot be annulled by hell. Says Paul, Philippians 1.6, I'm assured of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In my case, as a boy of 12, that good work was begun as I trusted Christ. Have I always lived as I should? No, far from it. But that good work that God began then, in fact, He began it before the foundation of the world. But in time, I'm saved. And that good work, God will bring to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. 100% guaranteed. Peter says your inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Chuck Swindoll gives this illustration of the results of knowing that we're eternally secure. He says in the building of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, in the first portion of the bridge being built, 23 workers fell to their deaths. Something had to be done. So the world's largest safety net was built, costing $100,000 in 1937 to stretch out beneath the work crews. Not only, says Swindoll, did the net save the lives of at least 10 more men as they fell or caught by the net, the work went on 25% faster because the men were relieved from the fear of falling to their death. If you're a child of God, you never fear that you'll lose your salvation. It is eternally Secure. The anxiety of insecurity is gone. Children raised in homes where love and acceptance by parents is based on their performance are often very insecure and very anxious children. God, our Heavenly Father, is not a bad parent. And our security as His children is based not on the strength of our faith, not on the amount of our devotion or performance as a Christian, but on the grace of God and the love of God from which separation is impossible. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, The Security of Grace. If you'd like to revisit any part of our lesson, remember you can do that by going online to our website at theverdict.org. Well, today's message on the security of our salvation was so important. And to help you continue learning and experiencing the peace that God provides, John has written a booklet titled, Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. By sharing a bit of his own testimony and providing a thorough examination of Scripture, John answers very real questions you may have about salvation, sin, and what it means to truly be secure in God's grace. This special booklet is completely free. So request your copy of the Eternal Security Booklet today by mail or download when you visit theverdict.org. And while you're on our website, you'll have the opportunity to play an important part in what God is doing through The Verdict with a donation of any amount. Your support makes it possible to share God's Word with new listeners in your community and around the world. You can easily give whatever amount you feel led to 
by visiting theverdict.org or send a check in the mail to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. We also invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship here at Calvary Church, home of The Verdict, or join us remotely through our live stream online. Again, visit theverdict.org for more details. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Do you have the security of grace? Do you have the assurance of your salvation? We saw from the teaching of Scripture that those who are truly saved are eternally secure. I love the picture of the Lord Jesus holding my hand, and He will not let go. My faith is sometimes weak, but He is always strong. How wonderful to know that if you have been justified, you will certainly be glorified. Next time, we'll continue thinking about the assurance of grace. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.